You're listening to a Drishti Point podcast. I'm Farah Nazrali, and I'm here on the phone with Melissa Carroll. Melissa Carroll teaches one of the teaches the largest yoga program in Florida with over hundreds of students who come to her class every week. It's too large to be held indoors, and luckily, because you're in Florida, you can hold your class outdoors. She is a yogini writer and creative writing professor, and she's the editor of a book called Going Om. Real Life Stories on and Off the Yoga Mat. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me, Farah. It's great to be here. So tell me first, what inspired you to compile a book of stories about yoga? Well, in my experience, yoga is this deeply personal practice, and it's full of small and large transformations. And the longer I began to practice, the more parallels uh, and paradoxes I began to discover happening on my mat as well as off my mat in my life. And I really began to feel and see how the things that I was experiencing and the the stumbling and the, the discoveries that I was making on my yoga mat uh, were just metaphors for all of the stuff that really happens off the mat in my life. And, um, and so I was really curious about the collective experience of yoga. And I knew that writers would be able to really capture in all of its myriad ways how yoga touches our lives in in these different facets. Um, and that's why I wanted to really ask writers to be able to capture their personal insights uh, about their own practice and about really the, the cultural phenomenon that is yoga, this, this deeply beautiful Eastern tradition and how it's become so embedded in the Western world. Um, so, so I knew that writers would really be able to have that particular perspective and be able to, to really get inside the heart of this experience uh, versus, say, um, a particularly flexible Instagram yogini, which, I, you know, is wonderful as well. But I really wanted to get the writer's side of the story. Mm-hmm. And when you read the stories, what about the stories Im- really left an impression on you? I was so inspired um, and really actually amazed at how honest all of these writers were and how open and brave they were with sharing their lives. You know, the sign of a good nonfiction writer, because all of these um, stories, they're not fiction. They are all true. And they're about the, the real honest experiences of these authors. Um, the mark of a good nonfiction writer is to be able to share things on the page that you might not even want to share, say, out loud to your friends. And I thought what was so fascinating that what was coming up again and again in all of these stories was not necessarily um, becoming more flexible or gaining strength or perhaps all of these things that certain people come to a yoga practice for. What really was coming up again and again that amazed me was the ideas of self-doubt and struggle and the complicated relationships that we have in our lives um, and how we move through our lives with uncertainty and and how our yoga practice can really help heal us in so many ways and 
really make us more aware of ourselves and our lives and each other. Mm-hmm. And were there any particular stories that, um, that really stood out for you as, as capturing the personal transformation and insights? Well, I, the first one that, that comes to my mind, I think all of them in their own ways touch on so many beautiful concepts. But uh, the first essay in the book, it's called Body Replies, and it's written by Ira Sukrungrung. Um, and, and he's a fantastic writer. Ira is the author of two wonderful memoirs. Uh, one is called Talk Thai, The Adventures of Buddhist Boy. And the other one is a collection of nonfiction essays called Southside Buddhist. And his story in Going Om is called Body Replies. And it's about his experience as a 400-pound diabetic man, uh, you know, in the back row of a yoga class in upstate New York in a, in a frigid, cold winter. And he's there and they're practicing a walking meditation. And even the simple, they're the seemingly simple act of walking is so heart-wrenching for this guy, for this character who's so in, uncomfortable in his own skin, in his own body. And, and he's so honest throughout this piece um, and how he comes to eventually go back to a consistent yoga practice because he falls out of it for a while, like so many people do, right? Um, and he falls into these habits and he gains even more weight and he goes to see his doctor and he's feeling exhausted and he knows that he needs to change his life for his own life. He needs to save his own life um, because he can't keep going the way that he's going. And eventually he makes that that decision to help himself heal from the inside out. And so uh, that, that gets him back into the yoga studio and back in, onto his mat. And I just love that story. You know, I've read it so many times over the course of editing this book. And every single time it brings tears to my eyes. It's so beautifully written. Mm-hmm. You know, what you say about how m- most of the stories capture the very vulnerable side of... Um, of what happens when we practice yoga. Um, How, as a teacher, when you teach, do you help to create a a sense of safety in the class so that people can actually touch that vulnerable part of themselves? I think that is such an excellent point. And I love that you used the word vulnerability. Um, I think in the Western world, even the idea of vulnerability is seen with negative connotation, right? Um, it's seen as weakness. And yet, to the yogi, vulnerability is actually a sign of openness, being so open and free of attachment that you breathe a little more spaciousness in your mind and your heart and then in your life. Um, and so I, I think, to your point, it's important as a yoga teacher to really encourage and cultivate that space for for people and i think part of that comes with setting up the the clear notion that yoga is not a competition you know and I'm, you know there's tons of yoga teachers that say this and and we try to get this idea across and yet i feel like at least um 
in a lot of my experiences, it's really hard to remove that ingrained pattern of comparison and judgment, judgment upon oneself in a yoga practice. And you see it bubble up over the course of some classes. So to really establish the sense of non-competition and of just being exactly where you are in the present moment and um, trying to cultivate the sense of self-acceptance can really help so that when people do open up and, um, you know, I, I always <laughs> would joke that I really, I, I, to me as a yoga teacher, it was such a great moment. It, it is such a great moment when people have these breakthroughs and they open up and they might start crying during a hip opener or during Shavasana or a guided meditation. Um, and they, they don't even know why necessarily they're crying, but they're just having this energetic emotional release. And I think that's, that's such an important part of the yogic process. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about, you know, now it seems more and more within articles about yoga and books about yoga, we're hearing the term off the mat. And I think yoga was always intended to be a, a way of living and being in the world. But tell us a little bit about how the the practices of, you know, uh, postures and breathing and meditation has has change and transform what you do when you're not doing yoga. Right. And and this is such an essential point. So it seems like so many people come to yoga through the vehicle of the body, right? We get to know the postures. We get to understand that we can open up our bodies and move in these more natural, more organic ways and and people, I think, immediately feel those benefits. And we are ingrained to experience our lives through our, our limited senses, you know. So um, the postures are often a wonderful gateway. The practice on your mat is a gorgeous way to open up. But what's so great is that now more and more people are recognizing that there are tremendous benefits to just beyond the postures. I, I love the metaphor of the iceberg, right? Uh, and how just the tip of the iceberg above the surface of the water is the, the postural expression of yoga. And then, of course, underneath the surface of water, you have this much larger chunk of ice. <laughs> and that's everything else. And Exactly how you said, yoga was always intended to be a way of living and a way of being in the world. Um, we might come to the practice through move, movement, and now it seems like so many more people are ready to transition and to and to open up to the other limbs of yoga, the the wisdom of yogic philosophy, and how that can really transcend off the mat. And, and it's actually quite funny that you bring up that phrase specifically because one of the yoga studios where I teach in Florida, it's this lovely place called the Lotus Pond. We've just begun a whole series called Off the Mat where I teach a meditation class and um, we have different series on uh, 
intro to yoga philosophy where we talk about the yamas and the niyamas and how we can use this ancient wisdom in really practical ways for our contemporary lives. And ultimately, it's all about living with more peace and being at peace with ourselves so that we can be at peace with our surroundings, with the world around us as well. Mm-hmm. Very, very true and very well said, um, Melissa. Very beautifully said. Oh, thank you. Um, tell me, let's come back a little bit to the book. And um, is is this your first book on yoga? It is, yes. Um, and it's so exciting to actually see it come to fruition. And I love the fact that it's a collection of all of these different voices, Uh one of uh, another writer who blurbed the book mentioned that it's sort of like you get to sit down in a yoga class and you just happen to be with all of these dynamic writers who are also on their mats practicing yoga and you get to catch a glimpse of their inner monologues and their experiences and their the nuances of their stories and their struggles. Um, so some of the stories are really hilarious and others are really heart-wrenching and some of them are both simultaneously. So um, I'm so thrilled that this this book has come out and I think it's it's such a great way for people to remember that even though we might be having this individual experience uh, in our own mind and our own consciousness, ultimately we're really not alone. And I think in many ways, that's the point of all good writing. It's an act of connection. It's an act of sharing. And really that's the point of yoga too. In, in certain ways, it brings us back to ourselves. And that's the self, of course, with the capital S, right? So that we remember that the self is interconnection, that, that we're all really in this together. Mm-hmm. I was just going to comment on that. You know, in many yoga classes, it's such an individual experience and people are really turning their energy inward that, you know, as a as a yoga teacher, even as a yoga student, it's fascinating to actually understand how individual the experience is, but also how universal the experiences are. Um, and have you thought at all about, or have you found that in releasing the book, um, there's a real need for people to come together in community because... You know, the way yoga is practiced often in studios is there's drop-in class and you come and you go. But um, I feel like this book is really a, a step forward in creating a, a more culture of um, community. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm so glad uh, because that is one of the goals of this book. It's, it is that sort of emblem of interconnection so that we don't feel isolated uh, within the parameters of our yoga mat, right? Um, and it's true. I think what one of the, the greatest gifts for me over the years of this yoga practice is the yoga community that I've been able to discover and develop and to have these amazing souls who are also on their own path 
and you know their their light shines in their own particular beautiful ways and yet we can come together um in this practice that is at once very personal and very individualized and yet at the same time it's really collective um actually that park class that i teach every week um that's through another studio that i work with yoga downtown tampa and it is right in um downtown we have this gorgeous park and it's right on the river and every week we've been doing this class for four and a half years now and last sunday we actually had over 300 people come out and the weather was just absolutely gorgeous and it's so incredible i'm really just humbled every time i go out there to have the energy of hundreds of people of all ages at all stages in their lives and in their yoga practices some people who never come to yoga before um you know all all flavors and shapes and sizes and everything you can imagine um all coming together to breathe and to be present and there's a real energetic power in that um and that that power is manifested in very tangible ways and i think you kind of feed off that energy and those literal good vibes that we cultivate um it, it's it's really spectacular to see how this practice that is so personal can also be so universal which is also like writing writing is a very personal practice you know you, the writer is often isolated just translating the world into language and then they send it off and it suddenly becomes this branch to connect to others and so you develop community through language and you develop community through the language of yoga and its expression in the postures and through breath and through awareness so it it's a really incredible experience mhm <laughs> I imagine it must be incredible to practice with that many people, to teach with that many people present. Um, uh, last question I'd like to ask is, you you teach classes, you're a writer, you're a professor, you um, have a website, and in this age of social media and, you know, with the demands of living in a modern, in modern lifestyle, what is your personal practice and um, how do you stay balanced as a yoga teacher? I think this is such an important question. Um, for me, it's gratitude. Uh, that has been the most consistent practice um, throughout all of this, even on days when I can't unroll my mat in the living room, you know, and even get in 10 minutes of asana practice, or I can only maybe um, for, for a couple of minutes in between running from a yoga class to teaching creative writing at the University of Tampa, take a few uh, deep three-part breaths or some alternate nostril breathing, I, I keep a gratitude journal. And I think that that is, has been my anchor. Um, when I've gotten stressed out, you know, I'm prone to depression and anxiety, and which is why I came to yoga and meditation and this wisdom in the first place and, and how it has opened up so much healing for me. And I've found that gratitude is the bridge that brings me out of 
that state of anxiety or depression or stress. And it reconnects me back to my yoga practice. It reminds me of all of the paradoxical beauty that exists and, and the great mystery and how um, there is absolutely so much to be grateful for. And even if I just take a few minutes every day and, and I'm reminded of that and meditate on that sense of gratitude, it's it's a great way to recharge and tune up. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And that's definitely, I mean, gratitude is one of the um, yamas and niyamas. So it's definitely a, a huge part of the practice just to cultivate contentment with, with where we're at. Exactly. Oh, and I love that you said contentment. Santosha is, is kind of one of my, my greatest themes, too. It's that idea of not necessarily being um, happy in the sense of striving for external uh, things, but just being content, right? And that, of course, ties back to gratitude. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you um, about this book and about your practice and about your teaching and about all that inspires you. And um, I encourage listeners to read the book. Again, it's called Going Om. It's edited by Melissa Carroll, and it's real-life stories on and off the mat. And Melissa, you have a website, melissacarolyoga.com. Thank you so much for being with us on Drishti Point. Thank you so much. My pleasure.